Hello and welcome to the big kickoff on Liffy Sound 96.4 FM. It is the 27th of June and it is Scorchio. Is it Scorchio? Yeah, oh yeah. Scorchio in here, here yeah. anyhow. It's unbelievably warm in here. David, welcome to the show. How do? Good. And we have uh, George Kelly. George, how are you? How are you doing, guys? Grinning. And who is George when he's at home? I don't know. I've seen him out in the car park. <laughs> do you want to come in for <laughs> it? <laughs> I'm just lost. Bo's uh, number one fan he is. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to our guest, Dave. George is uh, Bo's number one fan, I should say, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would it be fair to say you're a fish club photographer for Shamrock Grovers? That would be correct. Yeah. Any inside scoops now? Uh, when we're off here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got George coming on to tell you. Since, since when? Since you started? Uh, I'm with taking photographs of Rovers, I think, since 1978. It's quite a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, long enough. We won't. Let's say more years than I care to remember. Yeah, 40, yeah, 40, yeah, 40, yeah, 40, yeah 40, I, I wasn't. I said. I, I, I Were you even born then? Uh, me? Yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. Time's catching up. Absolutely not. I might look it, but no. Thanks, lads. <laughs> <laughs> not just the hair, is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's seniors, no years. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, we're going to talk like Jesus, 49 years and uh, with Rovers, plenty of stories, especially Jesus in the mid 80s. There would have been plenty of stories with uh, the homeless years, we should say. Yeah, they were, uh, it was a terrible time, obviously, for the club. And, you know, you move on from it, but you never forget it. Absolutely. Uh, it's, you know, the, the 80s, the, the better memories for me is that the team that we had in the 80s, the four in a row team, they were just. It's sensational. Yeah, yeah. And thankfully, they're still knocking around today. Still, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. Well, obviously, we're going to go into detail. Did it be like the Chelsea pensioners up in the stands? <laughs> well, Moise and my frames downstairs, but I managed to get up here anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, of course, we have George on, and we have plenty of... There's a, the women's game is actually on now, isn't it's it? England and Norway. just started. The second half has just started, and England are 2-0 up. So yeah, the Lioness is going strong. I thought it would have been a little bit tighter, but sure, it's not over yet. One goal changes everything. They literally right. scored after two minutes, and probably I literally got to see about the first ten minutes, and they were fairly in control. A lot of domination down the right hand side. I think her name is Paris or Faris. The yeah. and Bronze are a great partnership. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, it, it, most of it was coming from that side anyway. Okay, listen, we'll hit a song, we'll compose ourselves, and we'll be back straight Second after. What are we playing? George. We're going to go with Liam Gallagher, Liam's new song. It's Shockwave. Jeez. Good choice. <laughs> And welcome back. <laughs> welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. If you want to text us, it's 087-062-7138. Of course, the Gmail is the big kickoff 96.4 at gmail.com and all other social media. Okay, I'm going to give you your intro, all right? Here's your <laughs> intro, George. You're fascinated. Shamrock Rovers this season have made one of their best starts to a league campaign that they have made in years. Recent, uh, recent results have been a bit shaky. George Kelly has been the Shamrock Rovers photographer coming on over 100, uh, sorry, fi- no, whatever, 40 something years. 50 years? Is it 50 years? 40? 30? 40 odd. 12. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he's seen it all from the successful to the shaky, from the elation to despair. George, welcome to the big kickoff. Nice to be here, lads. Brilliant. Listen, first. Thing, when did you fall in love with photography? Uh, I went to BCS, which is Ballantyre Community School, and I left there when I was 15, but photography was, photography was started in that school three years before I left. Right. And myself and a few of the lads thought it was a great place to hide. Hide from what? You were in the dark <laughs> from everything. <laughs> and... Uh, we, we took it up and we had a great bit of crack in it and there was three of us in particular that um, I won't use the word excelled in it but the three of us were, were good friends and we all ended up in the, in the photography in business at one, one level or the other yeah. there was Jerry Barton he ended up with the Irish press Kieran O'Gorman ended up in the cinema business um, not making movies but 
out in Stellargan he owned the, the cinema out oh, there really? <laughs> and he's actually now the Coast Guard in, in Dunleary so it's amazing how things evolve yeah. myself I've stuck with the photography I, my dad Lord Reston told me you know well if you get a job and back then uh, you know I left at 15 I went for two interviews one was in Ever Ready down in Rat Mines and the other was Leary's Photo Labs and Studios down in Renala. Yeah, and I got a job there and I lied about my age <laughs> it was like getting into the nightclubs, you know. Yeah. And um, lo and behold, I did the summer work there, and he asked me to stay on. And as you say, the rest is history. Right. What was your first job in photography? My first job in photography was simply in the laboratory, and I was cutting up the negatives, uh, placing them in the little wallets and the photographs, and make sure that Mary and Joe got the right pictures, okay. and they came and collect them. And then I started getting into the dark room to develop pictures. Did you ever have to? Did you ever keep photos that you shouldn't have kept? I played the fifth on that. <laughs> <laughs> Holiday photos where you go, oh jeez. <laughs> you know that film? Yeah, one, that's true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the one hour photo. Oh, Robin remember Williams. that film? That was oh, a brilliant. Great yeah. movie. He is Wasn't scary. It? And, yeah. So I, I, that only, I only never, I never thought about any of that. And then when that film came out, I was like. Oh yeah, you would. You I would find Remember, you used to go away in holidays. And Every, it's only yeah. yeah, yeah. We were we, we were so busy, and like I, I was there in '79 when the Pope visited Ireland. Oh God! Mother God, I thought, I thought I'd never go home after a week because we had just <laughs> thousands and thousands <laughs> of films. Same thing. And there was another guy, Tony. He used to what we called the run. He used to go around all the chemists picking up all the, the bags of film, and there was just sacks of films coming every day. You were crying. I'm not going to work, and. In the winter, you were going to work in the dark. You're working in the dark room. The only daylight I was getting was when I got out with my lunch. Jeez. And then you were going home in the dark. So uh, <laughs> it's strange how, how, how the technology evolved. So I, I worked in the dark room, and now I'm using a computer program called Lightroom. So <laughs> from one extreme to the next. Um, but yeah, they're, they're fantastic memories. And the advantage for me, or not advantage, but one of the best things that I've learned is learning the colors of photography and mixing colors and all that. And that's really helps me today understand yeah. it, you know on computers and I, I actually teach photography we have a, a camera club in the Dundrum area Dundrum Photographic Society and dundrumphoto.com anyone's interested um, and we teach photography in, in every aspect and uh, I get great enjoyment out of that to, to, to give what I've learned over the years and it's most enjoyable what is in photography it doesn't have to be within sport but what is you know in football when you hit a pass and you get that yes you know that kind of that's a night I love that what in photography what, what is the the little moment that you give a little it's very hard to describe that, but simply when you when you see it you just say that's that moment you got it and photography is all about light yeah. it's, you're essentially painting with light and you know you know, early mornings, great time for photographs, late evening, shadows, all that type of thing really creates photographs. And we try and, I, I, I did wedding photography. I, I, after 17 great years with Learys, I went out on my own and I haven't looked back from that. And the experience I, I, I learned there, we were right around the corner from the Nigerian embassy. And every day we had Nigerians coming in to get their photographs, passport photographs taken. Yeah. And um, they were forever rubbing their foreheads, you know, and we were getting this big shine off them with the lights, so we used to have to put makeup on them. And <laughs> very, very strange there to say, I don't want makeup on, you know. Oh. Um, and from that then, we, we, we started doing more commercial work for all the embassies around. And eventually one day, the boss man told me, right, you're on this job, off you go. So <laughs> you can imagine how I felt going out the door. This is how it begins. And... You know, I haven't looked back. Yeah. It's been great. Your love of photography is one thing, but what about Shamrock Rovers? Where did that come from? Well, I was born in Milltown, Colin Bannis, and the ground overlooked, oh, sorry, our housing estate just basically looked overlooked. And every Sunday, there was just thousands and thousands of people who just marched down past the house. And I kept saying to my dad, I want to go down, I want to go yeah, down. Yeah. And eventually we got going down. Going into the ground, either over the back wall or you got someone to lift you over back then. You wouldn't hear of it now. Um, and and the, the, the pitch was just amazing down there and the place was packed. And that's how I fell in love with it. Mm. And had I been born in Cork or whatever. Could have passed you by. It could have passed me by. So yeah. I'm very grateful that from where I grew up and my passion for Shamrock Rovers and the photography combined came together. Mm. And... How did I get into taking photographs from Robert? Well, Lewis Kilcoyne, who 
was then in charge of Rovers. Um, I found Louis to be quite approachable and I think I was 17, 16, 17 when I asked Louis, is there any chance I can take a few photographs on the pitch? Mm. Now, back then it was rolls of film and you had 36 in the camera. Um, so you were pacing how many photographs you take. Now at a game, I would probably shoot eight, 800 maybe, mm. 900 pictures at a, at a game and you might use only 20, 25 of them. That's unreal. Um, that's, how it, that's how it's changed. Um, but in fairness to Louis, he, he gave me the opportunity to go out and take photographs for hours and that's how I started taking pictures for hours. And obviously things turned sour when, when, the, when the ground was ripped from underneath us. <laughs> Just before we go to that dismantling of, uh, of a home. I'm ready to come in now. <laughs> <laughs> the team back then, what do you remember of your first games and the players and even, you know, your memories come from sounds and smells and everything. What, 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 what memories do you remember from Milltown back then? Well, in Milltown there we had Hardy's, which was uh, an off-licence and... <laughs> The smell of cider around the area. <laughs> it was more the empty bottles because we used to collect the empty bottles. I think because I think you got five shillings or something or a shilling back on the bottles then. So you made a few quid, and then you had the barn across the road, and you used to be able to go in and buy the broken chocolate. You know, unheard of again today. So yeah. there's, there's, I don't know if you guys remember that, but it, it was great. You could go in and there was a box of broken club milks and whatever, Brilliant. and you were getting it for next to nothing. And uh, Again, on air, it was not allowed now because we're all too politically correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you'd, you'd, you'd venture up and you'd hear the roars from the, the crowd and you'd have the hawkers outside with their, with their breadboards and it's full of bars of chocolate and get your apples, pears and whatever. Mm. Um, that's all gone, but they, they, they were great memories. And then the games at seven, the crowd, and you're trying to squeeze your way through to get a look at the pitch and the players and who's that and what have you. And... Uh, and as a kid, you know, would you been able to see much of the game? Ah, oh, you would, yeah, yeah, yeah. without a doubt, because a lot of times we used to get up on the roof of the shed down there, yeah, um, yeah. and that's obviously when we didn't pay in. And then Sherlock used to chase us and jump <laughs> off the back. How much did it hold? Um, I'm not sure the exact figure. I think when we played Celtic down there and they did put in a temporary stand, I think it was twenty-two thousand. Mm. Um, and you would get regular crowds of that size at, at yeah, standard league matches. Yeah, like it's certainly in the early in in, in well. In, in the 80s, you wouldn't have got that mm. that sort of crowd on it because, you know, the times had changed then and yeah, TV yeah. and everything. Um, but, you know, even that, even after the games, you were queuing outside the dressing rooms and Billy Lord would be coming out and he'd be taking out all the, the gear and you were getting the smell of wintergreen and, you know, yeah, you were asking yeah. the smell. They, they were things that just jumped mm. out at you. And you don't... Well, I, I slightly different now because I would be behind scenes or hours, but I don't know whether the kids experience that. Yeah. T- today, so it's restricted, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And what, what, so, yeah. what about the atmosphere? Obviously, there's bigger crowds back then. The atmosphere must have been electric. The atmosphere was fantastic. Yeah, great. And like you know, when you when you got an opportunity to have a friendly, um, you know, on a team coming over from from the UK, it was it was you know these were heroes that you'd see on the yeah. TV on Match of the Day and. You know, I think I was used when we played Manchester United and, and Arsenal in the space of a week. So I often say to people, and what year did Rovers beat Manchester United and Arsenal and go on and play Newcastle and win the FAI Cup? And Newcastle, by the way, was Newcastle West in Limerick. <laughs> <laughs> so we catch a view on that, but they, they were just fantastic. Um, you know, to see Robson and Mm. In you know, and the, the Jasper Olsen playing in, in, yeah. the, in the pitch of Milltown was just exceptional. And yeah. I photographed that game, and I still have the pictures Tell from pictures. it. And you know, when you look back at them then, and you know, and from a photography point of view, you couldn't get it wrong. Now you, it's digital; you can look and you can see instantly. Yeah. But from then, you were watching the light, and you were getting exposure right. And you know, you can't ask the player to pose for the pictures. No. you had to be. And I look back even to photographs from the the forties or fifties, and when they when the photographers had these big, huge, big massive box cameras and the, the photographs they produced back then were exceptional you know um, and the quality you've seen them still today because mm. there were there were big glass negatives glass plates is the skill of photography now easier than it would have been then As no. it, you're kind of edging towards that saying that they probably had a little bit more skill maybe with I suppose the equipment that they had did the equipment make it a little bit easier no, or is I don't it just think that it made it easier. I think it's it's made it more complex. Okay. Um, like when I did wedding f- photographs years ago, we we would do a wedding on three rolls of one twenty film, and 
I know your listeners don't probably understand what a 120 film is, but essentially for every road you got 15 images. And so you go out and do a wedding and you got 45 photographs and you get them to the bride and groom and you said you pick 24 of your album. I wouldn't get down the stairs in the house now with 45 <laughs> pictures. <laughs> and a wedding would probably be over 2,000 photographs. Christ. So you're working much harder, you're working longer hours, and in a lot of cases for less money. Now I don't do as many weddings as I used to do, mm. kind of step back a bit away from it, because um, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying my own photography now, more so than I ever did. Mm. But in answer to your question, the equipment is fantastic, you know, instantly getting photographs. I mean, we, we, we do photographs at the games now, and you know, pre-match stuff, and we, we get them out, and the life of that picture is probably only three minutes. Yeah. yeah, you know, that picture's over, and it's gone, and after three minutes, it's, it's Did it's you ever have, use. back in the time, when you took your photos, and then you got home, and then you realised you didn't get the shot you thought you would? Ah, yeah, that's, that would still happen today. Yeah. Um, you know, there's one, one shot that people say, well, what's your favourite shot now? Well, my favourite shot now was after being homeless for so many years and the opening game in Tala on the 13th of March 2009. And we'd only one stand, and this guy called Gary Twig comes out to play. And he scored the first goal in Tala. And you kind of know that you got that image. And Alan Kelly was the ref, and he ran through the shot and... <laughs> There was a few explicitives coming out of me behind the camera. <laughs> Get out of way. And it was kind of, don't stop me now. <laughs> Keep running, pal, you know. And he ran through the shot, and I got that shot of Twig swinging and scoring the first goal. And they say, if you didn't see it on the, through the camera, you, you know, you got it. Yeah. Um, and thankfully I did. So I, I really love that picture now. For, for, for everything that it meant to, not only to me, but every fan of Shamrock yeah, Rovers, yeah. that finally we, we, you know, we had a place to call our home and to capture that moment, I'm absolutely chuffed with it. What about the area of, in Milltown? Like, I mean, obviously that's a huge void that's after being taken out. So do they still have fans in that area or is it now predominantly your south Dublin, Tala, and I know they're trying to get into the likes of Lucan and stuff like no, that. No, there's a lot of fans still from that area. Is there? Um, mm. Whether there's new fans from that area, probably not. I don't, you know, you may hear a few, but a lot of the guys that I've known over the years are still going to Rovers, yeah. and the those that are not going to Rovers, so they still have an interest, and from time to time they come back. But did everybody move with Rovers to Tala? Probably not. Yeah. Um, but the same can be said to anything in life, you know, people move and they go in different directions and what have you. Um, and there was a period when, when I had, I won't say drifted away from Rovers, when I had young kids and that, you know, yeah. so when Sundays, you know, it, you know, there was family things to be done and important things to be done like that, and, you know, I missed... You know, a good few games, I would say. Just how much protest and kind of anti, kind of whatever it is, against Milltown, the, the move, and especially not just because it was to make money for property development. Like, how, how much of a kind of a bitterness was there at the start or when it first came out? Oh, it was a lot of bitterness, and there still is. Because I only, that, I know? vaguely remember headlines in the Herald and stuff, but I didn't know the story. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the exact figures, but I think the Jesuits sold it to the Kilcoins, I think it was 127,000 punts. Mm. And I think the ground was sold for 1.1 million, which is mm. a lot, a lot of money back mm. then. Yeah. And it was purely a money-making exercise. Don't care what anyone says, and I wouldn't backtrack on any of that. And, you know, and Louis, Louis you know, was, was the front man, but there was Paddy and others behind them. And, you know, they essentially almost destroyed the club yeah. and killed it off. And only for the, 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 the fans and the love of it, um, kept it alive. And it, it, it almost died. Uh, the, the, the talk of park years were atrocious, you know, the boycott. Was it the first season, no one went? Some people went and pr- crossed the pickets and, you know, there was mm. bitterness over that as well. But, you know, I think people have moved on and I hope they have. Um, I've certainly moved on, and, but I'll not forget them, them times. But I think... Overall, the club and indeed the fans have come out to the other side of that much stronger mm. than they were back then. Um, because we've still got them memories, you know. And like you say about the bitterness, like when they, when they tore Milltown apart, and that's essentially what it did, they threw out the history of Shamrock Rovers into skips. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. It was tough pulled out of skips and stuff was still surfacing that people, you know, picked up just back then or whatever. Yeah. You know, and, and I've seen some of the stuff that were thrown in skips and everything. I mean, that's just disgraceful. And... You know, if, if it was done for the love of the club to move them 
to drunk Andre. You know, well, they showed a great, they really showed their true colours doing that. Any great Martin Stadium pictures? <laughs> <laughs> I can, I, I'm gonna, if there is, I'm, I'm gonna be baffled because it was, I thought it was one of the worst places. I was gonna say, to where have. was your worst temporary? Home? Has to be. Yeah. Well, I would think, anyway. Yeah, there's a bad result there, but don't bring that up last <laughs> It's uh, yeah, it was it was certainly a windy place, and it probably still is. <laughs> um, get nightmares when you're kind of drive by there now. Anyway, I'm glad it's in behind a big wall. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's you know a home game in Cork. There were there were there were difficult times, um, but again, as I said earlier on, you know, look where we are today, and we've come through all that, and that's down to the fans yeah, of the club, hundred yeah, percent, and. You know, I admire them all for that and great friends. We're going to take a little break, all right, and give you a breather and get you a drink. And uh, we'll be back straight after it's this. Three nilling, and by the way, oh, three nilling. You are listening to Liffey Sound on 96.4 FM. And welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. George Kelly, Shamrock. Do people just call you Shamrock Rovers photographer or what do they call you? No, most people in Rovers know me as George. That's George. And, uh, do they have a nickname great. for you? Flash. <laughs> <laughs> they do now. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm George sure the Flasher. I'm, I'm down to, down to hear that getting shouted out from the stands there tomorrow night, lads. Thanks for that, you know. George and they'll probably respond to it as well. <laughs> George the Flasher. <laughs> what? You wanted to ask about the uh, freelance, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we were about to talk further off air there, which is a bit ridiculous, but... Would you have done some freelancing with potentially other clubs or the Irish setup or over your time? Not for not for other clubs, but you wouldn't time to time share your photographs with some of the yeah. the, the, the clubs who wouldn't have a photographer in tal or whatever, and that's that that works both ways. So you know, yeah. we any photographers around all the other clubs, we all grand great, and obviously have one under out freelancing. Yeah, I did a bit of stuff for the with the with the Ireland uh, setup back in the. The uh, yeah, and then you know, sports were you know, great setup. They they handle all that even for you wife and that. But we did we had a good one actually in nineteen ninety from from the World Cup when uh, the Ireland team came home. Uh, you may some of you may recall the the big homecoming. Mm-hmm. I think it was five hundred thousand around College Green, yeah. and a little bit different back then. Nowadays, you know, it's it's all scanned ID cars to get in and everything but oh yeah, I managed to gate, gate crash my way into that and uh, my kids are probably listening in Australia to this Were you on the stage? <laughs> I was yeah <laughs> um, well actually it wasn't only that because I, I managed to gate crash earlier that day uh, Nelson Mandela uh, was bestowed the freedom of the city in Dublin On the same day? On the same day yeah uh, I think it was 26th of July 1990 I want the correction on the exact date but I, I went along to, to the mansion house and it was all barriered off, as you can imagine, and crowd was packed. And there was a lot of photographers, you know, outside. And all the photographers that were inside were those that were invited, such as the BBC, UTV and everything. So a few lads who I won't mention, we were all there. How are we going to get in here? We just have to hope we get a photograph of them coming down. And then the next minute on the far side of the barrier, I see this woman walking up with about 30 young kids probably five, six, seven years of age. And they were all dressed in the ANC colours, which I think was green, yellow and black or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And as she passed me, I just said to her, that's the front page tomorrow of the paper. And she caught me eye and she says, what? I said, I'll photograph all them kids on the steps of the mansion house. That's the picture. And she says to me, oh, will, are you with the, will you do that? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I can do that, yeah. <laughs> so I walked up on the outside the barrier and she was on the inside walking up. When we got up to the gate with the car that were there and we were talking away with the woman he just opened the gate and I walked in right. and I walked up the steps uh, I'll speed this up a little bit but I'm on the steps so you get that cold fever just running down your back and say do I continue on here or what do I do and I look back and the face of all the other photographers that I know they're looking and <laughs> you can just imagine how you do this so I just said oh, here let's go for it so I walked into the mansion house and everyone going in was signing the book, so I said, right, well, I'll sign it as well. And I did. Um, so I went into the long hall, and I'm standing there, and I was using a, a Nikon F3. So I stood at the back wall, and the hall was full of all the dignitaries and in their robes and ambassadors and whatever. And I'm looking straight up at the stage, and the Lord Mayor was Sean Hawhey. And over on the left-hand side was a, a press stand with BBC and everything. So I said, I'm not going over there. <laughs> you know, I'll stand at the back. And... 
Lo and behold, there was a door that left me and it opened <clears throat> and they left the door open. So I'm looking through the crack of the door and I see through the crack of the door Nelson Mandela and his wife Winnie Mandela. So I said, oh, here. <laughs> All in. <laughs> All in, jump straight in here, you know. So I just set the camera up and I say, you know, we're back when it wasn't digital, so, you know. 200 of a second, bounce flash, getting all the technicalities yeah. in my head because I knew when I go in here, they're not going to sit pose. And so I just said, right, go for it. So the door was open and I just turned around and walked in and Nelson Mandela was reading a speech and having a cup of tea or I think she might have been having a glass of wine. The photographs are there. Um, so I just said, go for it. So I walked in and I just, down on one knee and I just says, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Mandela and they looked at me big smile, click, 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 and I got loads of photographs next to me and I handed me shoulder, what are you doing in here? And it was Noel Carroll who was the then the city manager and I just said, oh, I'm not supposed to be in here. And he said, no, out. So I got outside the door and I said, God, he hasn't thrown me out of the building. He must think I'm supposed to be in here. Yeah. So I started to relax a bit more. I didn't care because I said, I'm not to get yeah. a photograph of this. So I made really good money out of them photographs over the years yeah. and so when he got the, the, the freedom of the city, um, he gets this diploma, a big scroll thing. So all the press are off angle. And I'm at the back of the hall and I said, ah, here, in for a penny, in for a pound. And I went straight up. <laughs> Lord Mayor was there. Mr. Mandela, Lord Mayor, bang, bang, bang. Sean Hutt, you got the photographs, lovely letter off him. So, great. So then I find out that um, all the councillors were all going to march down town to welcome home the Irish squad. So I says, hello. Hello. So I says, hey, these last grands. So I just stuck right in the middle of them and it was a police escort all the way downtown and all the gates just opened up all the way into College Green up onto the stage and everything. So I says, right. And no one had the ID badges around them. So I said, we're in. Unbelievable. <laughs> and it was, it was a priceless moment and I even got up on top of the central bank in College Green to get a crowd shop. Yeah, to get a crowd shop. Silver. Security guardian brought me up, got fed and everything. So, yeah, freelancing, you know, that's what you're doing back then. And, Brilliant. You know, you gay crashed and, you know, uh, we used to make up press cards back then and you made them out of literacy. And I remember making one up and I had North Atlantic press agencies and I even got into Old Trafford to take my photographs with that. And I remember going onto the gate over there and this guy says to me, yeah, you're not on the list, mate, you know, and I says, oh, that, that's grand, no problem. Back then, you know, there was no mobile phones, you know, you had a pen and paper. And I just said to him, I says, oh, grand, no problem at all, church, look, I just go out and have a pint or something. And I said, you wouldn't give us your name, would you? And he says, what do you want my name for, mate? And I says, well, when I go back to the editor in Dublin, I want to be able to tell him who wouldn't let me in. Oh, he says, I don't need that, hasn't mate? And he opened the gate, let me in. No. <laughs> no. And it just wouldn't happen now. Yeah, no. not yeah. And when I think of it now, I said, how did I get away with that, you know? But yeah, that freelancing and then photographs, you know, were great moments and the, the, the whole Irish squad and, and they all got presented with something on the stage and I took all the photographs of that. Brilliant. And, you know, they, did you ever take the picture with the kids though? You never said that in the rest of the story. Uh, sorry, I did take the photographs ah, of the that's kids. All right. and I took, <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't make the, the headline of the papers. <laughs> I regret to say, but I did forward on the pictures to the woman in question because I got her address off her back then. Brilliant. Um, and I did give her the photograph saying, sorry, it's up to the picture editor lying through my teeth. But <laughs> yeah. Look, you did what you did and, you know, I'm sure that photograph is probably in her attic somewhere, wherever yeah. in surface and, you know, good luck to him. But Brilliant. yeah, it was a funny moment how from one event led into another yeah. uh, and the whole city was in a buzz the whole country was in a buzz yeah. because the whole city party the team coming it. home yeah <laughs> uh, you know the Ireland team were coming home and town was packed mm. I mean 500,000 I think and they were on the top of a bus all the way in the right, airport that's right. that. I was in and, the airport you know all, all the councils were up on the stage and I'm up there going <laughs> Still waiting to get. What are you doing? And get out. You know? Would you have ever seen the TV coverage afterwards, where you could could you see yourself, or did you? Yeah, in fact, uh, reeling in the ears is is one that comes up every now and then, <laughs> and even the Nelson Mandela pictures, because when he's outside, I'm standing behind. I'm actually looking like his bodyguard, which oh, is right. quite strange because my camera's coming behind. You can't really see the camera, but yeah, I'm in that, and like you know, I, I've a daughter living on, in Australia, and how you, Michelle, if you're listening, and Kevin, um, they 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 look at the foreground. Is that you? Yeah, it is. <laughs> and, you know, gay crashed your way in there. Yeah. So, yeah, photography and freelance and all that, it, you can have great moments and funny moments and, you know, wedding photography turning up and people don't want to get married. Yeah. You know, if I had to photograph a wedding, <laughs> we get married. We ever had a wedding and it actually never happened? 
I, I, no, but it was at a wedding where the bride was turned away from the church up in Clahorod and Crumlin. <laughs> turned away? <laughs> turned away to come back at five o'clock because she was 50 minutes late. And, like, it was hard enough taking photographs, but if you were the video guy back then and there's two weddings at the church, it was... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I just said to the fellow, I was just, I wouldn't video anyone because you're going to get the wrong families yeah. and everything. But she was so late and apparently your contact lenses fell out and... You know, that's unheard of now. You know, brides at a wedding now are 10 minutes, 15 at a push. Most of them were on time. But yeah. back then, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but she was almost 50 minutes late, and he told her to come back at 5 o'clock. So, you know, from a, trying to do a professional job under them circumstances was pretty tough. But you must get a lot of that. You must get a lot of unknowns going on, you know, delays and stuff like that. What's the worst thing that's kind of put you off your stride? Um. It's very hard to find exactly what would put you off your stride, but, you know, conflict with somebody who doesn't want a photograph taken in a public place can, yeah. <laughs> can, be, can be hated at times, you know. Um, thankfully, that never happens. Because yeah. now, it's, as you said, it's more ridiculous PC world. It's camera so. everywhere. Yeah, it is, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we, to, to promote the club, we do photographs, kids, parents, everything, you know, you get everything and it's great and everybody, because they know us all up there, it's, it's, it's fantastic it's and, yeah. you know, it's not just me and my dad that's in, in, in doing the photography with Rovers and Bobby Best who's, who's currently recovering from surgery in the hospital and wishing Bobby the best. Bobby's with Rovers probably longer than I am. Right. Um, and we've, we've created more guys involved in the team because there's so much things going on in the game now. You can't be everywhere. You know, you've yeah. pre-matched stuff, you've stuff at half-time, and it's very hard to be everywhere. And we've created the team up in Tala, and it's working really, really well. Yeah. Um, and, you know... So do you just have a little meeting beforehand to discuss, yeah. or do you just know your role already? Well, we know our role, but we would have a, a get-together beforehand or during the week, you know, what we're, what we're planning to do. Like, we have a few things on tomorrow night that we're... You know, the, the media team will be working on yeah. um, beforehand so everyone has an idea. And we're not all sitting in a crowd on the sideline beside one another. We're, yeah. we're strategically pointing people, I want you here, whatever. Um, and that's because, you know, we live in we live in a world where it's people want things now. Yeah. Um, you know, as I said, you know, the photographs are getting tweeted up or Instagrammed out as, as it's happening. And the life of a photograph, may it may only have three minutes. Yeah. So yeah. you would do the profile shots that you see on the websites and stuff? Of the oh, players? the team, yeah. Yeah, we do that obviously before the, the season kicks off and that. Has uh, there ever been an exposed player who you've signed that you weren't a big fan of and kind of left them there longer than usual? Just no, not at all. No, lawyer. No, definitely not. No, I just say to them, welcome to a real club, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too true, too true. Is there, so we're building foundations here, pal, you know? <laughs> Why do you build me up? <laughs> do you look at any picture, any picture at all, and kind of wish you took it? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. And yeah. need to stand out in your mind that you. Um, well, Dave Marr, who was with Sportsfile, was you know is a fantastic photographer, photographer, and he took some great photographs. Took one of the boxer Katie. Katie Taylor. Uh, yeah, he took a photograph of her coming home with her gold medal on an aeroplane, mm. and it was dark but he went he just put the overhead light on and there's a photograph where she's holding the metal up and just the, the lighting coming through the, the window and the light from the above uh, it's all the metal is it it's just all in the metal and just she's almost not silhouetting it but it's almost a halo around her it's a, just mm. a beautiful shot and he didn't use any flash or anything so from a t- photographer's perspective I could see what he was at and it was very creative and I really loved that picture tip of the cap yeah and you know you know Dave, Dave actually he used to develop photographs on the side of the pitch. Hey. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, David, tell you that. And if you ever get to people, he, you know, a little black bag and he'd be developing the, photo, the, the, the negatives yeah. and running to get them a print done while the negatives are wet and then the picture would be wired off, you know. So you, the way it's changed now, as I said, you walk in a dark room for the best part of your life and now using a, a, a program on your computer called Lightroom. You know, yeah. where does it go? Yeah. It's uh, amazing. It really is. And... To be honest, the, the technology in, in the camera phones now is just amazing. Oh, yeah. And that new, that, we won't mention the brand now, but there's a new, new one out now. And it's, it's uh, the photography and the quality of it is just exceptional. There's a rhyme of Smish my way. It does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Banned in America, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Shamrock Rovers. So this year, what, what have you made of them? Uh, I'm very pleased at the minute. I think we're playing very good football. Um, very attractive to watch. Uh, 
some areas we need improvement, but that's obviously getting worked on. Is it still part of the development of the team now, or should it be now at the final stages? Because Stephen has got a lot, has had a lot of time and a lot of patience, which is great to see from a club. It will come to a certain stage that he'll have to deliver. Is that stage now, or do you feel that he still has a little bit of time that the club will give him that little bit extra time? No, on a personal level, I think we're. I think we're ready to to be there. Okay. And, you know, we're in a f- far better position this year where we are now than we were last year. Uh, I think the, the bond with the players, you know, they're exceptional guys to work with. The backroom team, it's, I have to be honest, and, and, and I've said this to people in Rovers, that they're, they're the best that I've had to work with in the last 10 years. Right. Uh, exceptional. Uh, very accommodating. Uh, very easy going. Is there more of a professionalism there now? I think it's always been professional, but I think it's just a far better bonding there now, you know, and, you know, that you can see the fitness level in them is, is certainly better. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm very confident that we'll be there or thereabouts yeah, yeah. come season's end. Anyone, will we get silverware? I, I think we will, yeah. Okay. Anyone in the league that you'd like to see in the Shamrock Rovers team? Top goal scorer. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, so you want the striker. <laughs> so is there, well, is there any individual player that you stand out and you look at from Pats, Bowes, whoever it is, and you say, he'd fit lovely into our team? Obviously not going to be a Bowes player. You'd never say that. So, <laughs> Well, in fairness, Bowes have done very well. And, mm. I think and, th- and what is and, that? And Why do you think that they have the... The, the upper hand on Shamrock Rovers lately Jeez, some food or hoodoo or whatever the word is <laughs> well it's, you know things in life happen like that and you wonder when is that ever going to break you mm. know and it doesn't have to be football and it doesn't have to be our arch rivals but it is it's one that would, would, would bug me and it'd bug all the fans but mm. that will break and it'll break before I'll break because I've had much worse to deal with than you know losing derbies against Bowes yeah. but uh, you know our time will come for them you, know, so you find normally in those games they're the games when you win that you'll go on and, and, and win something in the league so and it's it's more of a mental thing sometimes than let, let have a look at the goal the, 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 I don't know if it was the first or second goal where they gave the penalty away and they were trying to play the ball out from the back and Bowles had already squeezed up on top of them they, they must learn from that that they can't keep playing out from the back all the time that they need to, they need to stretch the play a little bit do you think that there's yeah, I mean, a naivety there sometimes well, you know, that night... Am I trying to put words in your mouth? <laughs> Perhaps, but I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking at it from a fan's perspective. Yeah. And, you know, to, you do get caught out at times. Yeah. And in this, this occasion, they did get caught out. Um, would you change the whole style of play? I, I would think you probably wouldn't, I would hope not, because I think the football has been very, very attractive. Um, you know... I would look at it just from the, the Manchester United Arsenal way. But Manchester United were playing Arsenal, Alex Ferguson, Wenger. United used to change their team to the Parks, to the John O'Shea's, and the people who worked hard they, for, just for that game. And then they'd, they'd be back out of the team again for, for all the other games. It could be Liverpool, it could be Manchester City, whoever it is. But just for that game, he always changed it to a certain type of player to play because that's how they had to play against Arsenal, high t- intensity. I just look at the game against Bowes and I just think there's something different they have to do. They're trying the same thing over and over again. I would see that maybe they need something different. Maybe I'm talking her shit, but that's what I, I, I would see from that. Well, again, I wouldn't be, you know, telling Stephen Bradley how to, how to pick a team. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, from a, a fan's side of things, looking out and you say playing it out from the back four and getting caught out on it. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows what he's doing. I've, fully confident of where he's taking us yeah um, and I do believe come the end of the year that we will have silverware I think we're going to do quite well and I think in Europe we have a good chance now as well mm. yeah. Um, yeah when's that game on? Uh, got it next week I think is the first leg yeah. Yeah. it's close isn't it? it's close enough yeah. and just how tasty is tomorrow yeah. night now dark. yeah I mean for any team to welcome the, the champions to their ground and you know we will welcome Dundalk um, we won't fear them are they a good team? they are a very good team and you know the, the results and their performances over the last few seasons has proven that um, they've obviously had got to a stuttery start and they're a bit ahead of us so I mean it's 
the win against them tomorrow night that will put us right back in two points. Back within two points. And I'd be very, fairly confident that we will get a result tomorrow. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting over the next month or two with Europe. Yeah. Like if some, if Dundalk or, or Rovers kind of go on a two or three round run, like, you know, even if Dundalk go that round or two further, because mm-hmm. they're in the Champions League, Champions so they'll League, come yeah. down into Europa. So they're probably going to have a potential extra round and the rest. It could make it interesting, like trying to, trying to balance everything. Mm. Yeah, it could. I mean, they've had it, I think it's a two week break and they've been away in Spain or something mm. like that. And, you know, that has its benefits. So they, they've used their time wisely. Um, we've obviously had the couple of signings this week and to strengthen the squad. Um, that's, that can only be good for us, you yeah. know. Um, so I do really feel, you know, it's only the fourth round is gone and we're in a far better position than where we were at this time last 100%. year. Yeah. Uh, we're conceding desk goals. You know, we could do what's going a few more, but well, in fairness, more points. You it's know. gone up a step each time, hasn't it? Each year it has, it's gone by. Yeah. Um and you know, we're in the, the next round we, we you know, if we kick on from that with the with the, the, the additional signings, uh I do honestly feel that come end of season we'll be there at no, Well I'd love I, I have you to know? say I'd love to see Shamrock Rovers win something just to change. Mm. Just for just for the change though, because yeah. you've got your Cork cities, you've yeah. got your Dundalks, you've been with everything. You right. always want to see a little bit of difference. But the thing with Shamrock Rovers at the moment is they're investing the money in very wisely and, and you can see through the youth system. I know they all have youth teams, but they, they seem they're to cut have, above. Yeah, they're cut above and, and they initially looked like they were they were their coaching staff and the players, they're all names that we all know. Like yeah, it's yeah. very, so very impressive. It's been positive. So yeah, hopefully they get something. Listen, we're gonna go for a quick break. Get a little breather and we'll be back after this. Tune to Lucky Sound 96.4 FM. And welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. George Kelly staying with us because he loves his football. We've locked the door. <laughs> oh, yeah, they locked the door. <laughs> um, second minute of injury time, it's still 3 0 to England. So it looks like they're getting into, into the, the semis. True semis. Who, who do they play in the, in the semis? I'm gonna I think to... it might be the States or France. Is it France? You were saying France is tomorrow. I think even. it might be them. That's a big game. That'll be a great game. Great game. Big, big game. Have you been a fan of the, the, the Women's World Cup? Yeah, I think the football has been exceptional. I can't say the same about the VAR. No, uh, it hasn't had a good tournament. No, no, and it doesn't give you much hope next year now when the, the new rule for handball comes yeah. into everywhere. Yeah. It's just, if it's hitting your hand now, it's a penalty. How many penalties is there going to be? Yeah. And it seems to add on five, six, seven minutes nearly to every game now. So yeah, it's slowing up terrible as well. Yeah. We had a discussion last week where we were talking about the referees are in refereeing now, VAR refereeing, where they should be like the, the rugby they should be asking Var, is there a reason I should give a yeah. penalty or is there a reason I've made I... the call am I right or wrong kind yeah. of thing yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah So where he's asking Var, he's asking what, tell me what to do Dave any transfer curse it's Frank Lampard in inverted commas and all the headlines today's first game for Chelsea manager is going to be here in Dublin as we quickly mentioned uh, or did we mention was it probably off air was it so yeah off air they're coming to Dublin so I'm just taking a guess they're probably staying in Carton House for a week week and a bit uh, training camp and they're taking on Bowes and Pats I think it's 10th and the 13th am I yeah, wrong so yeah. Bowes is on the Wednesday Pats is on the Saturday it's in between their European games so don't be expecting Pats to really put up a, a good test, but Bowles will. They've a two-week gap, mm. um, so they'll have a fairly fully fit and at it, and right in the middle of the season. So it could be a great test for for Chelsea. Yeah. And you might get to see a half decent game, and it will be a strong squad that's coming over. It's the, it's their four side less the South American boys, the, the two nations championships. So it'll be a strong enough squad. All the European based players should be there. Wan Bissaka, George is joining Manchester United. Uh, you just give us the Manchester United view in a minute. What do you reckon on Manchester United's chances of, of getting relegated this year? Uh, <laughs> we, we had a texter on, on, on Facebook who uh, wouldn't come on the show. We asked him on the show. We said, well, chances of flirting with relegation. And he dismissed it to the hilt. <laughs> but it, it, could be, it, very, it could be very easy to get law out of that top six. Because mm-hmm. there is teams either side, Wolves, the Everton's, mm-hmm. uh, possible West Ham, possible, if it depends yeah. on who they got. But... If Manchester United didn't buy well, what's your thoughts on them in general? To be honest, I don't pay a huge amount of attention to the EPL. Mm. Um, I've got more fun out of this year seeing United struggle. Yeah. Um, as many have. As many have, yeah. I would probably you know, be, be Leeds United. 
Georgie um, Lee. Georgie Lee and Georgie Rovers. Jesus, I've seen a banner here. There's a few bangers around. But now I'm sure it'll be uh, entertaining um, TV yeah. again to see what happens when when Absolutely. the season kicks off. Like it's a good sign for them. It's an upgrade in what they had at right back, but. It, he's still a right back, so it's not going to be the most exciting and sexy no. signing. If they bought a central attacking midfielder or a striker or whatever, somebody who's going to get you kind of races. Go, oh, geez, we might have a shot. But like he, he's improving the what was there, grand. But it's it's not going to set the world alight as no, of yet. Definitely not. There's, I presume there's more to come. Yeah. Let's face it. Yeah. Benitez at Newcastle. <sighs> Comment. Wish him well. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> Isn't it? He it's can walk away with his head held high. Yeah. Like like a couple of managers. Chris Hewitt was the same. Chris Hewitt well. as well. Yeah, he got he let go brilliant. too early. So did he got did he get let go for Pardew? Yeah, I think it was when he got the, deal, the eight, eight year contract. And there you go. There's something today. I believe there's only five days left in David Moyes' contract with Manchester United. <laughs> if he had stayed on, wow. so that's that says a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, Dave, what have we got? Yeah, so basically, a lot of the big boys' rumours are really kind of coming to a head. So it looks like the merry-go-round of the the big moves are going to happen. That new uh, Portuguese star, like Joel Felix, it looks like he's going to go to Atletico Madrid of all teams. Uh, big for price. 120 million. Wow. Um, so they must be really banking on him being the next superstar and then maybe sell him on for 150, 200 million in a couple of years' time. Or else maybe they're, they want to be the next Real or, or, or Barca themselves. Mm. Uh, Delict, obviously, he was rumoured for everybody. It's looking very certain for Juventus now at around the 60 million mark, which is interesting. Uh, and then Neymar, I'm sick of listening to it now. Apparently, he's really mooching back. Barcelona are playing very quiet in it. But yeah, yeah. He, he's spit his uh, ties out now and he wants to come home <laughs> he's diving back <laughs> <laughs> but Griezmann as well it looks like that kind of will start to get legs this week apparently it's all about shifting about a couple of they want to try and shift 200 million worth imagine that kind of money towards <sighs> Jesus Christ but yeah apparently they're trying to shift Dembele who's rumoured to go to Bayern and Coutinho who's rumoured to go everywhere yeah um, and if they can shift them, they reckon they can get in potentially both Griezmann and Neymar. So then you've got Messi, Neymar, Griezmann, and even Suarez. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So you can probably... There's only so many can play, though. That's the thing. <laughs> I'd say Suarez will be phased out slowly, but sure. I'd say probably, he might stick around. I think so. But probably play your 20, 25 games a season. Kind of thing. But Unless, Jesus Christ, imagine having them riches. I know. Remember, do you remember when Ireland played Holland? When Ireland beat them 1 0, Jason McAteer. Yeah. But you had about four or five forwards on for the last 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah. And so, yeah, I can't see. I can see Suarez being phased out. Did you see Suarez calling for handball? Oh. Uh, against the goalkeeper. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's classic. So, he'll do it. He'll just call for that. He'll put you in. And Liverpool have made a four sign in uh, Sepp Vandenberg. Yes. 17 year old, 6 foot 2, ginger. Colossus said their half apparently. Wow. Um, fell out with Yapstam at his club called PEC Zwolle in Holland. Um, and one of these as well, allegedly they were all after him, but Liverpool have got their hands on him. But by all accounts, he's going to be an under 23 player this year. Yeah. And a kind of potential. Did you, David Silva? Yeah, wants to finish up. last year, 10 years at, the, at City, fair play. Yeah, he's finishing up with, uh, he wants to make a 10 and then he's going to leave. Probably one of the best players that's been in the Premiership, yeah, isn't he? I mean, very silky, very classy player. And maybe underrated, I don't know, because he, other people like Aguero and, you know, even Vincent Company probably gets more... The Spanish one, yeah, West yeah. Hill, and, you know, a bit too small, you know, a bit, yeah. a bit soft. Yeah, but yeah. Maybe that's the opinion. That's why he cut his hair. Yeah. Remember that time he <laughs> <you mentioned>? lost <laughs> it, lost <laughs> it for a year. <laughs> ah, yeah, but uh, no, very, very interesting. And just a little nod back to... The next guest of ours, Lisa Fallon, who was with Cork City, she finished up this year and she's been on the RT panel um, with the Women's World Cup. She has now got a gig at the Chelsea women's team. And what's the role? It, they just said it. Uh, she's on the coaching uh, staff. Oh, brilliant. So the exact uh, title hasn't come up yet, but yeah, she'll be moving over in the next week or two to get going for the new season for Chelsea. Yeah, it's great enough for her. Did you, did you see, let's bring this down a bit, did you see the documentary on Greyhounds oh, no, last night? No, I knew say that. No, I didn't. I just only heard a bit on, on the wars today. So it's you can't put a light spin. It was horrific, wasn't it? It um, was absolutely horrific. I've heard some of the bullet points and it's just shocking. And then everyone's really kicking up a fuss about the funding. Like even like the FEI would have only got three million this year, but the mm. uh, Greyhounds got seventeen or eighteen million. Yeah. And obviously it's a bit like the horse riding's probably the gambling connections have gotten as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, six thousand dogs are killed a year or yeah. something shocking. There was a couple of instances that they had. there was one part Could you physically see stuff? 
yeah, two of these instances. One, though, wasn't here, it was in India. And it was just to highlight it around the world how the greyhounds are taken out. And then they had this greyhound and it was a boiling pot of water and they put put them in live in and put the lid on top of them and the screams of the dog was horrific. Horrific. That was on the TV last night. That was on the TV last night. And the other one was in Ireland where I can't remember the name of these yards that they have, but it's really just to get rid of your dog. And this fella brought up the dog, gave your man the dog. He brought him into the sort of not a shed kind and of thing. And have they been brought in because they're not quick enough? It's because they can't compete at the yeah. proper level. Right. There's nothing wrong with the dog. Yeah. And you just see your man in the door taking the gun out, putting out the thing and shooting him and didn't do it right. And the dog's Dark howling, suffering. Oh, yeah, 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 and yeah. he takes the lead off and goes over and gives it to your man. Your man was standing there waiting for his lead back. I, I, I can't I don't understand it because I'd never uh, never do anything like that and I'd never be that hard mm. but there should be some sort of law where if you take a dog in no matter what the dog is for the purpose of the dog that you have to see the life out like surely there's a regulatory dog. board or something that go around and make sure that there is that you'd like to think that there, there is or there certainly will be now well there should be I mean if I went out and just shot my dog mm. or got someone to just shoot your dog surely it's you're going to get a fence yeah so Absolutely. it's it's madness but yeah so it, I've always heard of stuff about greyhound racing but when it's put straight in your face then yeah, it yeah, just yeah. gets a little bit more sickening but on the other hand I seen a tweet yesterday I can't remember who put it up um but Johnny Morta skipping past the air, turning all, all the lights, and you want to see the glee in the horses' faces. Yeah. When he came in, he's kissing them all, and he's singing to them, and one lad is proper nodding because he knows he's coming, and then he gets the, the hug and the kiss off, man. It's like, it must have been about half four because it was still dark. And that's the other side. I'm not saying that's the yeah, way it is in, hor- no, in yeah. horses in general. Yeah. But obviously, I presume there's more care, obviously, compared to the way it is well, with dogs. It, you've seen it multiple times how they're treated in, with luxury, you know, yeah, especially yeah. if yeah. I don't... I, I, out to go around shooting all the horses but anyhow that's something that maybe we'll come down the line and have a, a good I'm wearing a New York chat. Yankees top today right so, yeah. uh, they are playing Boston Red Sox in West Ham's London Stadium over the weekend in a two game series right Okay. they're balls and rovers of baseball they're big but massive rivalry and they're obviously owned by which is which because I want to cheer for the right one <laughs> <laughs> well, Yankees Yankees have been more successful some potentially rovers and Red Sox are more that for, that for uh, the yeah. people <laughs> the red alone has, yeah, me, yeah. has me going the other way anyway <laughs> but anyway um, you can get it's called a broomstick right it's a two foot long hot dog it's for 24 quid. Apparently, it's to feed a family of four, right? Right. But it's two foot long, 2,000 calories. It's never about the sport with you, is it? <laughs> it's it is. The hot dogs. Go on. 2,000 calories, one and a half kilos. <sighs> no, I'm here for it. 24 though, quid. Even those steaks that you see them down in, remember, spores? You all, you down eat, all, yeah, yeah. all you can eat. I don't know how they do that. I, and why they would want to do I was there with the brother-in-law of mine. He went to give it a go. And... Uh, Unfortunately, he failed and failed pretty badly, but it was an obscene amount of me. I looked it straight away and I went, not a danger, <laughs> not a danger, but I hadn't been Get fed for a week. And uh, he gave it a good go, maybe got to halfway, but it was an obscene amount of steak and it was just piled up high. Then they had the sides as well, and I was like, if they make them eat that as well, that's crap like they're yeah. never going to do it but uh, yeah it's phenomenal but yeah, there you go. If you want to get over there, catch a game and pay 24 quid for a two-foot-long two hot dog. Massive. Ireland International... James, now I can never, you t- do it in confidence, what? I don't know, Who has won me? the amateur championship. Oh, Sue Group. Sue Group, there you go, damn it! When did you tell me that beforehand? Sorry, I didn't know who you were talking I about. I know, yeah, at Port Marnock following a thrilling one-hole victory uh, over Ewan Walker. So I presume he qualifies for the British Open now, does he? He qualifies for a qualifier. Oh. Yeah, and, he, and in that qualifier, he has to get in the top three, and this would be all pros. Oh, so Christ. I think he's, I think he's 2.2, plus 2.2. Okay. So I think I heard him on, on the telly earlier on talking about it. Obviously, he goes, has to go around, you know, if, uh, even power is no good to him anymore. But he has to get in the top three and there's 72 in the qualifier. So it's tough enough. So if he, if he gets to it, uh, it'd be unbelievable. But he still, he, I believe he has opportunities for the Masters and Open 2 next wow. year. So it'd be interesting because we don't have... We're, we're, we're an abundance of golf courses around. Yeah. 
you think this would be one of the sports that we would be, you know, really big at. And I know we've talked bloody sport. It like is. We're only talking a hundred players and stuff, but yeah, it's crazy. Like we should have a, you should have a few more bodies considering. Yeah. Like, and it's still, it's still a popular game. And obviously, with the money coming back, it's even popular again. Um, and the, the membership phase are starting to go back up again. Mm. But yeah, no, it's one of them where you know you'd expect a couple more bodies. George, so Europe is next week or the week after for Shamrock Rovers. Do you go to them games? Do you wait trips? I do when I can. I'm not sure whether I can make that one. It's a early for me to make my mind up on that. But okay. I have kind of gone at the last minute. In the eighties. How fun were the away trips in Europe? Because I've heard a few stories about away trips in the early 90s and late 80s. What where happens away stays away. What, like, <laughs> games were irrelevant. It was all about the two or three days jolly. It still is. <laughs> Not anymore for the players now, I hope. <laughs> I'm talking about the fans. <laughs> no, the, the, the away trips in Europe are always great crack yeah, anyway. You know? yeah. and, you know, and it's special. Like, it's a small group it's, out there. and Yeah, and they, you know, bring a couple of hundred away. Yeah. The, the crack is brilliant. And, you know, the lads are... In a very, very creative and getting to places that you know you wouldn't even dream of. I think some lads were getting the train or getting the train up to Brand in Norway, and I think it's twelve hours um, on their train or something. What's the potential for the next round if it goes well? I think uh, Cyprus. That would be nice to go yeah, to Limassol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's one or two potentials. I think uh, is it one of the Northern teams potentially could get Rangers. Somebody down here, I can't remember who it is. Is the dogs? Cork. Cork. Um, Cork. Cork and uh, Wolves, yeah. I think. Yeah. Mm. Or one of. Yeah, I can't remember. So yeah, oh, Pat's going to get, uh, I think, uh, I don't know, I can't remember. There were so many draws last week. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're great times. And it's going to be interesting because like, we are getting better and better. And obviously Dundalk are quite strong. They've had history. Obviously, yeah. Jesus, how special was 20, 2011? Yeah, that was, that was incredible to, you know, even to, like, just after getting into talent and all of a sudden you're playing Juventus and you're playing Real Madrid. It was, oh. it was just unprecedented and they were just... And to get Mag- spores then in the Magical moments. And in like, the group stage. You know, d- them big games just kind of lit up South Dublin County yeah. Council to realise what they had on the doorstep. I don't think they realised that the potential for yeah. soccer in the area. Yeah. And, you know, the stadium is fantastic and a lot of people re- remind me that ah, it's not your home. I couldn't care less. Yeah. Um, I don't have to paint it. I don't have to clean it. And... <laughs> um, if my taxes are down, I'm quite happy with that. Mm-hmm. And if other clubs around the country can get the local authority to to do what we did, and you know, Rovers put a lot of money into that over the years, and that goes without saying. But yeah, them games just lit it up. Talent was all over the world, especially yeah. when Ronaldo made his debut. Yeah, yeah, that you know, was, it was exceptional. And just type in talent, bang, up came Rovers. Yeah, and. You know, that stadium is getting developed more and more and that's really down to me. Well, personally, I think it's down to a lot of that. Yeah, um, and that's fantastic. I know the third stand is only up and running, but I presume the fourth will come along in time. Yeah, I believe, yeah, and probably even a, a cantilever on top of the West End. You know, a corporate section has seen yeah. some plans in the council on that. Yeah. So again, you know, they're, they're seeing the bigger picture that develop. And, you know, I hope that... Bowers get a new stadium and whatever club develops the grounds because yeah. we, we all need that and we need better facilities and Dundalk does need vastly to get improvements and yeah. the away section is appalling yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know and you know they, they put in new toilets but they weren't open for the first few games or whatever you know um, and I see that Shamrock Rovers probably will do this as well that Cork City and Dundalk have their own matches TV stations through their I think I'm saying that there yeah, yeah. Uh, something like three ninety nine for yeah. one match uh, nine ninety nine for three matches or something okay. you know, I don't know if that's home or away or both yeah, or whatever yeah. it I is I think it's for overseas yeah oh for yeah, overseas I'm, viewers yeah that's right I, I'm sure all the all the clubs are probably doing that. I don't know whether yeah. Rovers are working on that or not but yeah, yeah. you know but they need to go down every avenue now possible yeah to market because game. it actually it's on a rise now isn't it the it league? is on a rise yeah and the football the league has improved greatly the, the, you know the football throughout the, the league has improved and there's people who don't go to the games tell me that mm. you know and the, and the coverage from our national broadcaster is poor to say yeah. the least think um, so? I think so yeah yeah, yeah. I, re- I really do I mean minuscule games and you know TV does have an effect on gates but that has to be worked it's because they're showing too much balls at the minute balls seem to be on a lot yeah, well, I suppose they have to get, <laughs> suppose they have to get some recognition, you know. <laughs> Hold me now. <laughs> if Johnny Logan wanted to do a gig in Tala, would you let him? I wouldn't even take his picture. <laughs> <laughs> I'd shoot. I, I wouldn't shoot. Don't, don't, don't say that. <laughs> well, actually, that's, that, that's a sport, lads, now. I'll throw, I'll throw, throw you off a little bit. It's competitive shooting. 
Right. Yeah. That's a sport I've been involved in all my life. I yeah. did see something on that. Yeah. yeah and um, represented Ireland in it. And did you ever States. get close to the Olympics? Uh, not quite, but I hold an Irish record since 1993. I'd like right. to see it broken. But uh, yeah, competitive shooting. Um, most enjoyable still sport. shoot? Not competitively, no. Oh, just yeah. around Tallaght, like. <laughs> well, it's funny you should say Tala because one of the biggest clubs is in Tala. Is it? Yeah, and there's a rifle range up in Tala. Right? Yeah. Not in Tala Stadium, my dad. But no, no. I was going to say a stone's throw away from not a short walk away from it. Yeah, yeah. And competitive shooting is much bigger in this country than you would actually believe. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, you know, just licensed legally held firearms, the, 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 the number is in excess of 330,000. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Like, don't bring it in now. No, and you know what? We are well over our time here, George. <laughs> I could do two, two, three hours here. This is, but uh, yeah, we're going to have to go. Um, thanks for having me on, lads. Enjoy no, listen, break. it's been brilliant. It's been great. And uh, David, thanks very much. Pleasure. Can't really talk about next week because uh, we've got to get off the air. So, yeah. au revoir.